Yeah, you got to make sure you're like uh you're in there too. Yeah. You might have to give up comfort and just sit on the drum yeah, I mean, if you want to tuck in a little bit, a little bit closer, there's a the drum throne there. Yeah. Okay, that should be cool. Nice. All right. Um, should I start? Yeah. Yeah. I've been recording. The podcast has been going for a while. No. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I actually always uh, do this thing. I don't know why. I. I I'll probably cut some of today's because it went pretty long, but um, like avid listeners of the podcast, if I have any, will like notice that all podcasts start with like uh, really bad audio of like background conversation. Right. Because <laughs> I feel like it's just more natural to, you know, and I just throw the recording on and then when it happens, it happens. Yeah, just kind of start the conversation off. Yeah. And then see where we go from there. Yeah. So also these microphones, and I always have to say this, and the listeners, the three listeners are probably like really tired of hearing this, but you do have to be like fairly close to it, like maybe like two to three inches and kind of at an angle. But yeah, that might be a little bit too close. Yeah, right there. (laughs) (laughs) Back up just a little bit. Bring out like a, yeah, yeah, that sounded perfect. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. So um, are we good? I think I I don't have, can you guys hear me? Yeah, I don't think I have any sound in the headphones. That's what's okay. going on. Can you hear yeah, us? You're pretty loud. No, I can't hear anything in the headphones. Okay, let me see what channel you're on. Maybe I should back up a little bit. <laughs> you're on channel four. All right, try, no- try oh, now. Can you go. hear me now? No. Whisper, whisper. Is that better? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Okay. Um, let me make sure these things are... Okay, so we're on songwriters therapy. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So I always open the podcast asking you guys to like introduce yourself, uh, you know, names, name of band and like, why are you on this podcast called Songwriters Therapy? Well, I am Chowder. I play guitar. I am Andy. I do vocals and rhythm guitar. And we're Irrelevant Souls. And we're on this beautiful podcast because of Andrew. (laughs) Thank you for inviting us on, man. We're very appreciative. Nice. Yeah. Thank and you. Thank you. So, um, you guys are both the songwriters in the band. Like you write together. Um, I mostly write the stuff on my own, and then okay. bring the songs to the guys. And then Andy also writes some songs on his own, and it's kind of okay. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. So you uh, write individually, and then you learn them as a band. Right. Right. Okay. And like I mentioned, I uh, was living in the Bay Area for a couple of years, mm-hmm. so that was kind of the only way we could work, and we would only practice like once a week for an hour or something like that yeah yeah i i i was definitely in like a very similar band situation where i was like living out in hayward and coming out here to practice and learn songs and stuff like that definitely good stuff um so uh also you have two other members of the band uh do you want to maybe like just introduce them since they couldn't make it of course uh fofo the bass player love him beto the drummer love him as well (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we actually call him Billy because he was a huge Green Day fan back in high school. So people just called him Billy for whatever nice. reason. He doesn't look like him or anything. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So Billy Beto, our main man. Nice. Cool. So um, and you guys are from Stockton, like pretty much most most of my guests. Um, and you said you lived in the Bay Area for a little bit. But what's like the background as far as how long you guys have been Irrelevant Souls and uh, and how long you guys have been in Stockton? 
Right. So I grew up in Stockton. I actually was born in Redwood City in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. and I moved over to Stockton when I was four years old. Been here my whole life. Just moved out for a couple years to the Bay and then moved back. Um, Andy, you were born and raised here? I was uh, born here, raised here, still currently residing in Stockton. So uh, Stockton, born and raised, Stockton zone. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, as far as the bands go, so Andy has a deep history in actually the <laughs> Stockton scene in playing nice. bands. So if you want to. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. I'm all about Stockton scene. <laughs> well, um, I, I started playing like music when I was like very young, um, but I was never really good at like learning like instruments at first. So eventually I started getting into like singing but i didn't really think i was like a good singer back then so i really got into like metal music so mm-hmm. from like the age of like 11 to 13 i was just learning how to like scream nice. and about 13 is like when i got into like my first band so i was always in like the stockton like metal scene like back with like symbolic run for the church like those type of like bands that aren't around anymore mm-hmm. and uh we were called lies upon the innocent for a few years and eventually okay. we ended up starting another band called like anatomy atlas so um it was a huge change like from what being there to now yeah, I mean, one thing that I, I kind of wanted to touch on, and, and this like conversation will jump around, I'm sure, um, is I noticed that uh, the songs that you guys are writing, and actually a lot of bands in Stockton right now are just kind of like, it's like this rock revival. Like, there's all these bands that are just playing, like, um, I don't want to classify it as any type of rock, you know, but it's it's not what we've had in the past where we've had like a very deep like metal scene, which I don't think is existent anymore. We had like and the metal scene overlapped or was like the same as this like, like the, hard, punk scene. the hardcore scene. Right. And then like separately or even before the hardcore scene, there was this like punk scene that kind of died out. And then overlaying that whole thing, we've had this like indie rock emo scene. Right. Um, and. I feel like right now the the like rock bands are the strong uh, or the dominant bands. Like I feel like there's like you guys, there's all these new bands I like I've just learned about in the past right. couple weeks. But As like have we, yeah, you know, Insect Politics, <laughs> yeah. No Citrus, Amazon Crimes, yeah, they all have a rock esque, heavy but dialed back like indie sound. Yeah, it's, you can't really pinpoint it like you yeah, said for sure. And I think a lot of it has to do with the reason why a lot of scenes died out is because just more mainstream music became popular even within the smaller communities. So like you would find a lot of people that were into more indie stuff or like, Oh, Hey, I like this mainstream rapper now and stuff like that, which is fine. But I think people will started getting tired of that. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Hey, we want something new. And that's why I think that's part of the reason why shows are kind of exploding again. Yeah. Cause for many years it was just straight up. Like everybody just listens to mainstream stuff or like a lot of indie stuff, which was, you know really good yeah just not where we came from which was Mm -hmm. like straight up a metal scene yeah Um, yeah i mean i i feel like punk and metal musicians always eventually like mature into some form of like rock right like i i know so many people who like started out playing in punk bands and then they they you know it's some some more like rock based thing um and like when i listen to you guys i definitely hear this um like not i'm not i don't want to compare you guys to anything necessarily um but thinking about other stockton bands that i've i'm like that's just a rock band like lovers therapy they're so different from you guys right but it's still like rooted in rock right like they have this um this whole other like style of rock than you guys but i i hear something very like 90s from you guys like especially like in your vocals you know there's this like chris cornell quality 
and and I think that might come from metal for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but I I don't know. I, I love that. I love that there's like this this evolution into into just like rock and um, and there's also um, kind of no qualms about that, right? Like it's it's not it's not a bad thing. It's actually like such a good thing. And at the same time, when you you're talking about um, like uh what's like popular popular music and stuff and i just feel like rock isn't popular you know what i mean 100 percent. yeah um it wasn't right for a while but yeah. i feel like it's coming back now because these mainstream artists are starting to incorporate rock yeah. into their songs yeah that's true yeah because you know they might just be looking for new inspiration mm-hmm. what do bands do they go back to you know yeah. older artists yeah Music is definitely cyclical, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're starting to see a lot of rappers. Like if you listen to underground rappers Mm -hmm. like uh, Ghost Mane, I don't really listen to him, but I have a lot of friends that do. And he has like metal songs and screamo and like he'll do a lot of like BDSM stuff on stage, which is like new to the rap scene. Yeah, and so I they're just BDSM like whips and chains and yeah stuff. Oh, okay, like that. all right. Like, I was like just making sure a little right. extreme. I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, where can I get tickets? No, right. <laughs> he has like women on there too. That's, yeah, that's so very wild. like um, Marilyn Manson. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah definitely. So yeah. you can see like the inspiration, it, like the rap community and the hip hop community is kind of mm-hmm. taking inspiration from those, yeah. those old uh, artists, which begs the question, like, okay, so is rock making a comeback? You know, in a sense. And uh, so now m- people that are mostly in the mainstream are starting to open up to rock again because of those artists yeah. using those samples, et cetera. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it'll be interesting. Um, like whenever there's a revival of something, there's uh, there's a risk of like the corporate uh, entities taking that and like turning it into something that is like almost too sugarcoated. Um, like I, uh, like full disclosure, I don't listen to Machine Gun Kelly, but I know that he's doing pop punk stuff, and I've heard a lot of bad things, so I've purposefully abo- avoided it. So right. I'm not, I don't, I'm not here to like talk shit on this guy. Right. But everything I hear is like, it's like, uh, it's like pop punk with no soul. And like, I grew up listening to pop punk. Like, right, I love right. pop punk. Yeah, and I, I completely so. understand that because like, um, I, don't, I haven't heard this song, um, but a friend of mine has like heard that emo girl song that he plays. Mm-hmm. And then, like, immediately after that, a song by Blink-182. Or, no, it wasn't that. I just referenced the rock show. Like, you know how, like, back in the day, mm-hmm. that was cool. Like, you yeah. fell in yeah. love with the girl at the rock show. She said what, and I right. told her that I did. That's clever. That's good. But then, fell in love with the emo. Like, you know, but yeah. not to talk shit, but right. yeah. that's, where the, that's well, the soul aspect well, of it. There's you know? something indescribable with, like, corporate music where you... Like you don't know why it's it's bad, but it just there's something soulless about it where when there's a band that is like they could be referencing something and it's just it's not cheesy for some reason. There's this like, you know, like the je ne sais quoi, like the I don't know what, but it's like for some reason this one's bad and that one's not. They're very similar. I don't know why. I think the perfect example is Fallout Boy. Yeah. I mean, from Under the Cork Tree, Infinity on High, those two albums are heavy, mm-hmm. really yeah. good pop punk, just examples. And then as they became more corporate, they started chasing fame. They started tweaking their sound. And then yeah. they got to a point where they don't even use guitars in their songs. And it's just like, what is yeah. that? <laughs> I don't think I listened to any of the later. Fa- I was never a huge Fall Out Boy fan, but I love those two albums that right. you mentioned. They're like both produced, I think, by uh, this guy, Neil Avron, who produced like a lot of my favorite records like okay. newfound glories like self-titled and like a nice. bunch of other ones um but uh yeah like 
after a while, I just it just didn't register to me as like that pop punk band that I'd I'd heard when I was younger. You know, right? The emotions yeah. tend to disappear when you try to be a little too technical. Yeah, know? yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah, I mean, I I don't like I said, um, I don't have anything against uh you know try not to have anything against any one artist or anything but when you hear something that does feel soulless it just uh you don't want to listen to it but i there's also like these very corporate bands or musicians that like you know people like to talk shit on because they have like co-songwriters and like all these producers working with them but it's like hella good music like i i've I've never heard anything by taylor swift that i don't like like i'm not a huge taylor swift fan right but she's definitely one one of those people who like there's like a very divided uh you know opinion of of her because she uses you know songwriters and producers for like every single track right so i don't know the yeah yeah back in the day when i was more into like i was just kind of like a punk like fuck the establishment type of situation we're all black every day all day no matter what yeah (laughs) I like despised when artists would be like, oh, we're doing cover songs or we're Definitely. like, we have an artist that's helping us write. And I'm just like, man, forget all that. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. want to hear that. I want to hear some original stuff. Mm-hmm. But then you go back and watch documentaries on all the greats, like Black Sabbath Elvis or the Presley. Beatles, yeah, etc. The <laughs> they all have just one guy in there, a producer mm-hmm. that helps them tweak it a little bit or helps them, uh, you know, get that extra note in there that maybe they wouldn't have thought of on their yeah. own. Everybody needs help, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, when in my in my past, like recording the the best experiences, and I always say this uh, just about like working with band members too, is like you have a song that you wrote and you think it's a a good song, and you take it to other people and they have never heard it before, and they come up with something that you never would have thought of. And I, that's how I feel about like working with like a producer or even like a good engineer that will like give you an opinion even if you're not like paying him to be a producer right, you know right. um like I, I don't know i just love that w- when you show someone a song and they're like what if you did this and it just like blows your mind and adds that extra thing yeah we actually the guy we recorded with ulav at noise eater recordings in santa cruz mm-hmm. he's like that we call him papa because <laughs> he just guides us yeah and nice. we're going in there with just some songs and they he really like pushes us especially andy you guys mm. have like a like a really cool bond where he likes to push you a lot. Yeah, I think it's just because like um, when it comes to like doing vocals and you're working with a producer, like you have to deal with the fact that the producer is going to tell you what you're doing wrong and you yep. can't get emotional about it. You just have to do it again and again and get it right. And I think he really sees that I understand that. I don't I don't make it tough for him. So I just get in there, get get it done. But, you know, it's Papa. That's my boy, too. So I love yeah. him. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you guys a, a little bit about recording. But I, I think that's such a great point is like a, a good producer, even just a good sound engineer will always really focus in on on getting like good vocal takes. Like, um, you know, um, I, I've i worked with this guy for a long time. I actually went to high school with him. His name's Ben Hirschfield, and um, he records out in the Bay Area and before recording with him and even now when I try to demo stuff at home it's like I suck at singing and so I I need a lot of work and uh and I just can't get it sometimes on my own but you go to him and he's like all right do it again do it again do it again and then he'll comp it together and like doesn't you have to use auto-tune and I'm like hey I can actually kind of sing how about that (laughs) yeah definitely someone that's there to push you because sometimes you got to push yourself most of the time and sometimes you just need that outside force to really be like hey 
you can do this yeah man. yeah it's a partnership yeah. like uh, i've also noticed like on the kind of like on the other side i've been recording like all of my best friends bands like everyone in my band is in this other band um and, but i'm not in that band but i am like the like the fifth beetle kind of nice. um like so I'm, i've just been recording them and they were like man this goes by so much faster and so- feels so much easier when you just have someone there to help you that's like you know just focused on recording and just focus on making sure you right. get a good take and uh and i don't know it just it's just a really good experience to be on the other side of that too and kind of see that yeah it's definitely easy to get lost when you're tracking instruments it's easy yeah. to get lost and like i want to do the best that i can do but mm-hmm. then you're not really paying attention like oh what's best for this song yeah and it's not anybody's fault it's just when you're in the zone it's hard to think about that type yeah. of stuff so yeah i also feel like sometimes when you're recording and you you either don't realize you messed up or like you you feel you feel like you have to complete something one thing i always like right. to do when i'm recording someone is like if they mess up i'll like stop it i'll be like all right we're doing we're doing that over again because you have to like there's this like time management aspect to being in like a band that i feel like a lot of bands don't realize like practice and recording um your time is valuable especially when you're trying to schedule it with like you know four right, other dudes right. And we came to that hard realization uh, just like maybe last year mm-hmm. when we were playing in a band for like two years. And so our drummer, he started off playing drums like two years ago. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, we all have backgrounds, but he started then. And so we would get together and practice all the time. And mm-hmm. we were just like, oh, my God, we're in a band. Like, this is so <laughs> much fun. And we we're just drinking and smoking and just having a fucking blast. And then we played our first show. With Van Gozier, Lover's Therapy, I think I can't remember what other bands were there. Uh, the mix up, the mix um, up, Sloop One D. <laughs> uh, right. I don't want to forget all the bands. I love those guys. That yeah. That so <laughs> nice. there's one other Shout band I think. Them. Yeah. Anyways, and so we're like, all right, cool, we got this. We've been practicing for heck of years. Like it's fine. It's our first show back after quarantine. And then Van Gozier from from Livermore goes on, and they fucking destroy their set. I mean. Mm-hmm. They went so hard. I became a fan that day. And nice. I re- they made me remember, like, hey, you're a metalhead, bro. Like, mm-hmm. they brought that back out of me. And I'll always cherish that. Um, anyways, and so we followed that. And we just did absolutely terrible. And oh, we're like, no. oh, my God, this this is terrible. And so after, from that day forward, we're like, hey, like, we're we're playing with some serious musicians, man. Yeah. Lovers, these guys, Lover's Therapy, Van Gozer, these guys are not fucking around. Yeah. And we need to at least be as good as them so that, like, the crowd will move, like, how they do for them, you know, Mm -hmm. at the very least. And it comes from a place of respect. And so from that point forward, we started practicing a lot more and, like, putting away the booze and, like, really concentrating. (laughs) And, like you said, time management. Instead of, like, hanging around smoking a doobie, like, no, let's get to work. And then after, maybe we'll do that. Yeah. I, I, like, appreciate everything you just said so much because I've been in bands... And, and like, you know, I, I don't want to slander anyone that's like listening to this that I'm like friends with, but like, I've definitely been in bands where, um, you know, it's not, it's not business. Like I, I would say like my main band, uh, Los Beekeepers, like that's the kind of band that it's okay to fuck around in because like, I'm not like, we're not, we play like one show every two years and like, right you know it's just for fun it's just for fun exactly but like i see where you guys are coming from and i've been in bands that should have been run as businesses because we were making money we were playing shows every weekend right and you know people were like showing up a little too drunk and like a little too high and like uh 
and it it wore on on me and on the band and like this is turning into my my therapy session uh, and please, i sometimes <laughs> sometimes sometimes i bring this up to people but like yeah i was in that band and it just did not work out and it like just exploded in my face like i right. lost a uh like a lifelong friend because of it and oh no you know it just uh, like everyone anyone like in the scene that knows me probably knows who i'm talking about but i'm just not going to name names but it's, it's it just good, sucked man. you know but yeah. I, I really appreciate that you guys are able to say to each other like while we're doing the serious thing let's not you know let's not party too much then after the show you guys can go party or something exactly you know? and yeah. even to this day now like before every show we'll have a couple drinks here and there mm-hmm but we don't really do much until after we play. Yeah. Once we're done Moderation. playing, okay, let's drink a little more. Let's get wild for these next bands. And yeah. Let's just go all out. Yeah. But I think a lot of what helped us specifically is Andy's experience in bands. Yeah. Because he's been through a multitude of different situations. I'm sure. Late on us, man. Well, man, I mean, I, one of the first bands, and I was really young, too. I was like, uh, in, I think I was like 15, 14. There's this band that was really big back in the day called Shadows in the Water. Mm-hmm. And, um, they had a rapper and a screamer. So the screamer left the band and they were looking for a screamer. And my sister was friends with uh, some of the guys because she's older than me. She's like four years older than me. And a little context, like I'm turning 27 next month. So she's like, you know, going to be 31. So I'm pretty old now. <laughs> but um, that band was like that typical, you know, we'd have random people over every fucking day, fucking coming yeah. over, watching us play, drinking with them. And then uh, my guitarist had like a different girl over, which was weird for me to see because like I'm not I'm, I'm very monogamous in my even even as a rock star, you know, whatever the fuck <laughs> you want. I'm not a rock star, but a rocker yeah. in the whatever in the rock industry or the music scene. A lot of the times like they look at us like whatever, you're going to go do all this stuff. But I've always yeah. been very monogamous. So to see that for the first time, like vividly live was crazy. And then mm-hmm. I've been on the complete opposite side of the spectrum when I got into lies and it was very strict. But I like that. I like the fact that it's it's like how we are now, you know, where everything is like we got to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and, and like back then, none of them, re- we didn't really drink. We're young. So like, you yeah. know, I smoked a little weed, you know, yeah. every now and then, but that was about it. So it was all just like, you know, just about the music. And I think that's the most important thing is to remember, like, it's okay to have fun. It's okay to like, enjoy yourself. You, you know, you love playing music and sure it's fun to loosen up with a few booze, but if you start to realize that it's actually affecting what you're doing, you have to dial that back or cut it out completely. There's no other yeah. option. I, I think that's the line too, is like, it's okay to have like you want to have fun if you're not having fun like why are you doing music right but like understanding when it becomes a problem for having fun at music right Right, like um when you're having more fun being drunk than you are playing that's when it starts to get up to be a problem like you're just hanging out at that point and and also just to be honest like everyone has their own tolerance level like there's going to be some people in the band that can drink a few more before the set than some people in the exactly. band right which is definitely the case for us <laughs> yeah but then that's what also comes to the most important part that we have to realize like even though we can handle it like mm. the other person that can't might feel enabled to do the same yeah thing. so we know we yeah. have to it's not just for us that's it's also super for the other mature yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. for a while we just kind of just stopped completely yeah and um i think at the end of it all like we just love making music and yeah. that was hindering our creative process more than we realized until I think it was Isaac Fofo, our bass player. Mm. Uh, he's a bit older than us, so he's a little more wise. We actually call him <laughs> Wise Man. That's awesome. He kind of told me he was like, "Hey, like I'm gonna stop smoking at practice because I feel like I can't concentrate." And mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like yeah, I think that's kind of the same thing for me. Smoking for a while, and so he brought that to our attention, and then we kind of planned around that. So yeah, that's that's awesome. Super respectful of you guys too. Like I, uh, man, I, I'm just like very impressed. 
Yeah, uh, I think we just yeah. we just love this so much that mm-hmm. we're we're ready to do anything. Yeah, to make sure that it keeps working the way it is working now. Yeah, you know? I I feel like it is because like the first time that I saw you guys live, like I definitely seen videos of you guys on Instagram. Like I started following you like probably around the time you guys played that first show. Because okay. whenever I see local bands, I'm like, all right, I gotta like, I gotta make out. some connections and check them out and be friends, you know. Um, Network. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, I saw you guys live for the first time last weekend, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah, at the and, Queer Pop-Up. And, like, you guys, you know, killed it. It was, like, a super great performance. Thank you. Know? you thank it was, like, you so it was much. a rock show, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just, uh, just like, an interesting interesting thing. Like, there was a, a crowd there for the, the pop-up, but also watching you guys. But, you know, being in a band, you should be able to, like, rock out regardless of the size of the crowd and what they're doing. And I feel like you guys, like stole the show at like uh at like basically like a pop-up thrift store <laughs> so that's like <laughs> whoa you know that's <laughs> like you. a lot to you know thank yeah. you so much for saying yeah. that that's a great compliment yeah. i think the biggest reason why that might be um it's just because we're having fun dude yeah. every show yeah, we exactly play, i like literally i close my eyes and just fucking just pour all my soul into my guitar and it could be the simplest d chord like we have a song not connected and it's just different variations of a d chord the entire song and a little solo yeah and it's a favorite it's a Mm. crowd favorite and it's the simplest song we have and we actually one of the first songs we wrote what's that one called uh not connected not connected okay that's on on your ep on uh online yeah yeah Yeah. yeah, exactly and funny enough when i wrote that song it was a lot slower Mm -hmm. and our drummer played it faster yeah so it just became a fast song that's like uh that thing you do you guys ever seen that movie no oh my gosh one of my favorite movies it's a tom hanks movie that thing you do um the story it's like takes place in the 60s but the the band has this song that's like a ballad and they have this new drummer that's supposed to sit in with them and he's playing it way too fast at their like at their show and but it turns into a hit nice (laughs) sorry to recap it for anyone who's seen it but highly recommend (laughs) it one of my favorite movies yeah i gotta check it it out because that's our story there's some songs that i write fast Mm -hmm. and our drummer plays them slow (laughs) and so they we kind of all write the songs together in that sense yeah because he changes the song and i'm like you know what that fucking works let's just do that like yeah you got to be open-minded as a songwriter I, i i think like the there's definitely songwriters that are like savants and like can play any instrument and write a song completely on their own. And it's great. And that's fine. Like I, I can play other instruments and I can write a song on my own, but like my own enjoyment really comes from seeing what other people can like do with what yeah, I have, definitely. you know? And, um, and you know, you can't be an asshole about that. Like when you show a, so- a song to, uh, someone in your band and they want to play what they want to play to it and it changes the song, you know, it's it's kind of like a dick move to be like no play it like this right, yeah. play, right. It ha- play it how i wrote it or don't play it at all you know yeah that's something i don't think we've ever had an issue with yeah. i just think yeah. we just we just kind of respect each other so much and the main reason i'm in a band with uh andrew andy here is because i am a fan of his nice before i was ever even playing any instrument i would go to their metal shows and <laughs> he was in my opinion the best screamer in stockton and he was just man he's just so good and just on top of it and so like even to this day like we're best friends but he's definitely my biggest inspiration so when i'm like write all the lyrics bro like <laughs> you got this that's man. cool yeah. thanks i'm not crying you're crying oh. <laughs> <laughs> so so like um how did how did like the the band form like how did you guys you guys probably met at shows and stuff but what was the spark that was like hey we should like play together and do something 
uh, well, uh, th- there was like a period of time where like me and him were just hanging out when our friendship was just developing, and he yeah. was always talking about it, like, dude, I'd love to be in a band. And uh, my band at the time, Anatomy Atlas, was fi- or uh, I think it was Lies Upon the Innocent 2.0 actually. No, it was before that. It was before that. It was Anatomy Atlas, so it was on the tail end of like dying, and uh, he just fucking came up to me. He was like, dude, like I was telling, him, I was like, dude, I'm, I don't want my band to go away. I don't want to stop playing music. And he was like, why don't we just start a band? And that wasn't Irrelevant Souls. That was a different band called uh, Maniacs, but that's how we started yeah. playing together. And I was like, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, so it's a little a little different, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, so basically, like he said, we would hang out all the time and just smoke a bunch of weed, listen to records. We'd go to Rasputin nice. here yeah. in Stockton when we still had one. We'd just buy a bunch of CDs, drive around, smoke, and just listen to music. Mm-hmm. And at some point, uh, we're just at our lowest point of our lives at that point. And I just really wanted to play music and yeah. I never had the chance to. And I was like, here's my best friend now, which I admired before. And we weren't really friends until now. Hey, let's start a band together. So actually what happened was your metal band, um, Lies Upon the Innocent, needed a bass player. And he was like, hey, I kind of know a guy. Oh, nice. And oh, I didn't, I didn't yeah. know how to play right. bass whatsoever. <laughs> I don't know how to play any single instrument like at all. And so here's a shout out to Eric Servin because um, he taught me how to play bass. And Gente he was a drummer. Brutal. Yeah, he's. He's a drummer in a Mexican band now, and they're touring, and he's a professional, and he is such a good drummer. That's Anyways, cool. um, so he taught me how to play everything. He wrote my parts, and he taught me how to play. Mm-hmm. After we broke up, he let me borrow his bass amp, and I kind of just never gave it back. Oh, he'll man. Bring, well, he'll bring it up in conversation. I'm like, oh, yeah. you can take it whenever you want. He's like, I'll get it next week. Two yeah, years yeah, passed yeah, by. Yeah. How's that amp doing? Been there. <laughs> it's good, bro. He's like, okay, don't worry about it. Just keep... So he kind of gave it to me without saying it. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. So I love that guy. So he has a huge part and what we got going on now um, nice. that amp. <laughs> yeah and so anyway so we did a couple of shows with that band we played on the queen mary in uh la and long beach long beach right? yeah 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 um and that band was called maniacs or, or oh this this one was um, before so this was uh actually before maniacs he was right i got the timeline wrong he, he corrected me on that one so before maniacs he was right um my band lies upon the innocent was starting up again so anatomy atlas was going to shit and lies upon the innocent was going up so fucking uh that's when i got him and then eventually one of our shows that we played together after we got some songs out like we recorded a couple songs and released them together we got invited to play with um as blood runs as blood runs black the word alive i wrestled a bear once at this like huge fucking show that they had on the queen's mary and it was uh it was thanks to eric again eric servin because he was friends with the drummer of as blood runs uh, black and uh yeah he literally they were sharing kick uh, kick, yeah. kick drums. Exactly. Right. He nice. drove all the way out nice. to fucking Long Beach just to let him borrow his double foot pedal. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, we started making a lot of money in that band. Or we had one night where we made like three thousand. The man And man, we just threw I like. Should have played metal. And that was. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> and that was um. It was just a party though, like a yeah. kickback. There was a lot of yeah. like gangsters and it stuff. It was insane. And it was insane. It was an orchard bro. in the backyard. And we played on the roof of this fucking house. Jeez, that sounds tight. It was Yo, so much fun. The video's video on YouTube, there. too. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And that, so like, out in the skirts around Stockton? Escalon. Oh, oh yeah. Escalon. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. some chick, like, uh, her dad was a surgeon. They had, like, a big-ass property. And yeah. they were out for the weekend. She's like, let's throw a party. And at the time, uh, one of the guitar players, um, Jeff, he was throwing parties as a living. He was making money doing that. Yeah. And so sure enough, we posted it by the end of the night. The party was so well known. Dudes were paying literally $40 to get in. Jeez. I'm not even fucking with you. bro. It was so crazy to me. Yeah. And so we played on that roof and then, you know, a lot of stuff happened. I'm not really sure exactly what, but long story short, we ended up breaking up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we were just kind of like, what, what the fuck do we do? You know, 
Yeah. So we formed a new band with a coworker that I met when I was working at Amazon in Tracy, mm-hmm. and he had a bass player friend. So it was a drummer bass player duo. We brought them in. And uh, actually, Isaac was playing guitar, but he didn't really want to play guitar because I was like, I'm playing bass no matter what. I'm never switching my instrument. I'm not good enough for guitar. Oh, no. I'm only going to play bass. And so we brought him in as a guitar player. He was super unhappy. He was like, I want to play bass, dude. And so he quit the band. And then we became a and then Andy took over guitar at that point. And so we became a trio. Never really played a show. Our we drummer played one, and it was terrible. But it was my birthday, so it wasn't a real, real show. <laughs> yeah. It was at my fucking house. And so we actually bought uh, the drummer his drum set because he mm-hmm. didn't have one. And one day he just disappeared. Went fucking MIA. Oh, no. Took the drum set, disappeared. He. We realized later that he's alive. We thought he was dead. We were concerned. We were seriously For a yeah. long time. Yeah. Yeah. There was no beef. There was no bad blood. No response. Nothing. Yeah. Sometimes people just fall off the face of the earth. He disappeared. Though. I think he's like a programmer now or something. He's doing good. Oh, he probably joined a boot camp and got hella he tired. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Oh, is he that did. what happened? That's exactly what so happened. Oh, my gosh. MDMA. Just forgot yeah. about life. <laughs> and he just disappeared. <laughs> Yeah, And so we were kind of like, what the fuck do we do? And we like almost gave up playing music at that point. I know I did. I was feeling hella disenfranchised and I was like, I don't know if we should like do anything, but we were still kind of kicking around because we don't never want to give up. But uh, yeah, we try to get people to join with us, but I think it was just really hard because a lot of the times, like at the time, like we were like, okay, you know, when you're joining, it has to be the maniacs and it's the, these are the songs. And we were always trying to get people to like learn our songs first, besides, uh, right beside, uh, instead of writing them but i think that when you start a band like it has to start like together like coming up with the name together and then writing the songs together everything has to feel like equal in there so yeah we had a lot of people try out a lot of people that are still in the scene now or have like really cool bands now Mm -hmm. really cool musicians and they didn't they just they just didn't like our music or we were kind of outcasts at the time just and it's understandable we're still very like before our time we're still learning how to like be a band like i was never a guitarist in a band before i was a vocalist for years so it was like weird trying to like you know write songs so so i found myself working at this ridiculous fucking job at amazon and i was like this cannot be my whole life there's no way were you packing i was picking i was a pack (laughs) i feel like i feel like everyone i know who's worked at amazon in like this area like i i don't know anyone who still works there but i know that everyone has worked there it's like you right it's crazy you work there for like x amount of time it's normally like a short amount of time then you quit because you're like packing or picking yeah. well it's part of their business strategy yeah. too yeah. they end up saving money by having people just kind of yeah yeah for anyways. sure ways yeah but um yeah so i was just picking miserable as fuck and i was like <laughs> what am i gonna do now and so i decided okay i'm gonna learn how to play guitar i even like wrote a comic book that i'm super proud of and it's actually no offense to our music but it's one of my favorite things that I've ever done in my life. And uh, it's on the back burner now. Anyways, I used to love hearing about so that. I, so I picked up, tell me all the stories. So I picked up the guitar and just started learning. And I sucked ass, of course. And I just kind of put it to the side. or pick it up an hour, put it to the side. And then uh, I'm not exactly sure how we started up Irrelevant Souls after that, if you can remember. I just remember having that conversation, like what I said earlier about like, oh, we got to start, you know, and then... Um, we were like, okay, like, who do we know? Like, who, who do we do this? And we remembered Isaac from back in the day. Um, we didn't know how it felt because, like, we hadn't talked to him in a while. And I, I, I always remember, like, liking Isaac. I was actually his friend still. We hung oh, out yeah, a lot. Oh, yeah, so he was still friends with him. And, mm. like, I, I was kind of – I kind of knew him, but I wasn't, like uh, – like, now he's my homie. You know, that's my brother. I love that kid. But uh, so I think um, we hit him up first, and eventually um, he told me – like, I went to a party that Billy was having, our drummer. It was, like, a little birthday party for his sister – and Chowder was like, yo, try to talk to uh, Billy to, like, convince him to, like, you know, join the band or whatever. 
and I just had like a talk with him. I was basically just telling him like, dude, even if you don't take this seriously, like just if you love music and if you love doing it, just do it for that reason, you know, like just try to do that. And then uh, shortly after that, that's when he wanted to start doing it. So we also bought. We also helped him get his drum set you as well. You just buy twice. drum sets. We just <laughs> and we're actually we might like do that again to get him a better one. Yeah, we say, you guys are like the most sets so far. You guys like the most charitable like band ever. You just like <laughs> yeah. like you take in the needy drummers. You you like get them their drum set and then yeah. And a drummer then is so hard to find. They're in every band and like it, you know if you're a drummer you're already in a band. That's just yeah. the way it goes. Well, so most drummers are in multiple bands because yeah, it's yeah. so hard to yeah. find drummers. So uh, the drummer, <laughs> the drummer that I've played with the most in my life I've known since I was like 15. So w- we go back like the f- the furthest, like coming up on like 20 years, um, I think, nice. something like that. Um, but uh he plays guitar in another band and he's like incredible he's like one of the best musicians i know like in in the world um and uh i don't know i just think i think it's funny because everyone's like oh these drummers are in like multiple bands but like my drummer is in multiple bands but right. he's done doesn't play drums in the other band now That's funny. um he <laughs> That's did cool, though. yeah he did play drums in like this other like kind of metal type band called indian giver uh, do you okay, guys remember them I no, don't. I don't think I've ever heard of them. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, and he's played in other bands too. But it's just funny that he plays guitar and he like kills it. Wait, he's way way better than me. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. I think that's cool though. Like when you join another band, not to just play the exact same yeah. thing. Like when you're a vocalist, yeah. like you're gonna sound exactly the same. Like that that could like make the band sound the same if it like I don't know if it's like Stone Sour can kind of sound like Slipknot a little bit sometimes. I love that Slipknot's yeah. my favorite band. Corey Taylor's my, like one of my biggest inspirations ever. But uh, and I still love both those bands. But sometimes with having Corey Taylor on, then you're like, oh, it's kind of does sound like, <laughs> right, <laughs> it does sound right. like <laughs> a little bit. But yeah. just to double back, um, you actually encouraged me to play guitar in the band because I still wasn't confident enough to play guitar in a band, and you told me to do it. Nice. And so actually, the way that Billy joined the band was we were hanging out at Isaac's spot practicing, and he was just kind of hanging out drinking a forty. And Always. I was like, hey, bro, you want to play drums? And he's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, come on, dude. I was like, we'll go buy you a drum set. He's like, fuck it. Like after two hours of just bugging him, he was like, all right, let's do it. We went to music, go around, found the cheapest drum set we could find, nice. bought it. Me and him went back to his uh, garage and I had just like a little orange amp, like a $90 orange amp. And uh, and so we just jammed out and I played um, the only song I knew, which was Crying Lightning by Arctic Monkeys. Mm-hmm. And we just jammed out. And then ever since then, we've just been writing songs, jamming out. That's having crazy. Fun. That's so cool. Having fun. That's a good like band <laughs> creation story because you guys have you guys have this history, but then you like bring in other people that you do also have a history with, and right, you know, right. Just well, Billy, forms. we've known him since like before high school, yeah, but we never I was really even in a band or yeah. like in the, yeah. into the music. I used to be skateboarder. We used to skate back in the day everywhere. <laughs> but you know what's funny? He was kind of always around. Yeah. So when we were doing like the metal band and stuff, he was kind of always there. He would go on us to our LA trips and stuff like that. So it kind of almost felt like he should have just been in the band the whole time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so weird. And even our bass player, Isaac, same thing. They were always there. They were just never a part of it. And now that they are, it's, um, it's kind of magical to me. They're very fundamental parts. Like those are homies. And like, I think that's the biggest thing too. Like when it comes to like bands and stuff is like, it's not just like writing music and just being in a band and like all just like, it's good to be professional, but you gotta, it's, you gotta be friends. Like if you guys get bigger, if you guys get a chance to go on tour, you're going to be with these people and away from your families for like days, weeks, months at a time. 
So the people that you're in a band with, it's very important to have communication and bonding with them, you know, just yeah. with your brothers. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's what I, I like. I always say being in a band is a, is like a romantic relationship. You like you have Most to nurture definitely. it. But like also the the word that you said that is like the key word is like communication. Like, yes, right, you, right. And communication doesn't just mean like you talk to each other or you yell at each other. It, <laughs> it means like it's there's so much like understanding how to talk to someone in, in a way that like, right. you know, everyone can be a diva sometimes. Like, I know I can. And yeah, like, you know, I'm the diva of the band. Yeah. So like sometimes totally. you get your feelings hurt and sometimes you hurt someone else's feelings. So it's important to know like where other people are like sensitive and like right. just how to talk to them in a way that's not going to like, you know, bum them out or make them, you know, right. turn and I into think, a diva. I think we're just finally reaching that point. Like, again, I think that show that we had our first show. Yeah. That was it. After that, like everything was way better. Communication, practice, nice. time management. Yeah. And There's uh, a lot yeah. of bands that have that, that moment like you guys had and go the opposite way too you know right they they just like fall apart or they just don't care you know yeah and we were terrified of that because billy he's not a drummer and until until we played the show he was kind of like yeah all right this is fun you know what i mean and yeah we write cool songs this is fun after our first show he's like bro when can we play another one and he just went further deeper into it and so did our bass player and so we were terrified at first for those same reasons Mm -hmm. but yeah i remember talking to him about it too just to try to like you know calm his anxiety a little bit on it because i told him like dude like because you know when we first started like really getting our songs down the pandemic hit and then we couldn't play shows so like i was like dude just wait until like once shows come back and these guys play shows even when you play shows that's it you get hooked like when, when you perform in front of those people and people just walk they're so humbling they're so nice you know something about shows that like like you have a bad show or a good show but you just can't stop booking them you know i always tell myself i'm like i'm not gonna play some shows for a while i'm gonna take a little break and then someone's (laughs) like someone's like hey you want to play i'm like yes yeah sure that's what we were supposed to do and then we got to hit it for like three shows and they're like no we're gonna we're gonna play these shows yeah that's (laughs) what that's what amazon crime said when they were here too they were like they're like yeah we were gonna take a break but then we kept getting asked to play shows and we can't say no. Yeah. yeah. Those, those <laughs> are our brosafinos. We're like yeah. on the same page as far as like uh, creativeness yeah. goes and like our work ethic. I was going to say their work ethic too. Like I'd yeah. so, I'm so happy that like I got you guys like back to back on the podcast because oh, yeah. like not just that you guys are playing together a lot, but like um, very, I don't know, very similar work ethic and, um, and just like uh, – passion for what you guys are doing most definitely and uh you know every band has that Mm -hmm. without a doubt yeah but um amazon crimes i don't know man i just i fuck with their music yeah it's so good it's so original and they're just two chill dudes man yeah we played at their house yeah Yeah. (laughs) shout out to them and they're fucking cool man and they're like one of the first bands since we entered the scene if you will um that has really like embraced us and has really been like, Hey man, like we, we want to work with you guys. And it's, mm-hmm. it's just really nice to have another band that's like willing to just, I don't know, just be a part of this with us. You know, it's really nice. And they're like, Hey, we should go on tour together. Like, this yeah, and we're like, yeah, yeah that's let's cool. Do it, bro. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, so you and, and your drummer, you guys all went to high school together. Yes, and Andrew as well. Yeah, I went, to, uh, I went to elementary school with Billy, so I've knew oh, that wow. him for a while. Wow, yeah. yeah, that I always, I, for some reason, I just feel like there, there's definitely like exceptions to the rule, but these bands where you have this like long bond, there's like something about that, you know? Yeah, well, going back to um, not being able to stop booking shows kind yeah. of coincides with this a little bit. I think a lot of what music is is spirituality, and sure, yeah. If you have a bond with somebody that's been forged before that and then you get together and do something, mm-hmm. it's no it's no longer just like, 
well, I can quit whenever I want. It's like, oh, this is also my friend from like a really long yeah. time ago. Let's really try to work this out. Yeah. And the same with shows. Like, it's almost like, fuck, you know, it's, I hate to say this, but it's almost like an orgasm that's like, you're up there and you're fucking trying your hardest and just one clap or one scream <laughs> is enough for you to be like, okay, even if I fucked up, at least one person was able to get some type of enjoyment. And at the core, like we're entertainers too. Like we're musicians, yeah. but we love entertaining. And so when we can catch people's attention or even get it one clap, that's fucking, that means everything to us. And so we want to get the next show to get that one more clap again and just share a connection with people. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so, uh, you guys have like an EP online. I, I didn't see that if you had any other releases cause I, I use title and it like mixes up oh, names okay. and stuff. So there's definitely like another irrelevant souls, I think, but what kind like how many releases do you guys have? So we have two single releases and then, um, an EP with the single release. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And you, uh, like you guys recorded that out in Santa Cruz. Yeah, yeah, with um, Ulov over at Noise Eater. So mm. when I lived in the Bay Area, yeah, you know, I didn't want to quit playing music. I was commuting out here to practice with the guys. Sure. But I was like, in case it doesn't work out, you know, wink, wink. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to join other bands. So yeah. I looked on Craigslist and I found uh, this fine gentleman named Alex. And Alex and his buddies actually knew about Andy's old metal band. Mm. And so we instantly connected and I played bass and he's like, bro, please join the band. Please join the band. I was like, all right, sweet. I joined the band and, uh, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't play outside of the band that I was in with Andrew and Billy and, and Isaac. I just, it just didn't feel the same. It, and it sucked because they're such a good band, uh, nostalgia. Mm. I think they've since broken up and now uh, he's in a band called giveaway. Mm-hmm. shout out alex shout out That's alex he's a great he's a great fucking dude holding it down in the bay area <laughs> um i forgot where i was going with this recording like how you got <laughs> how you got hooked up oh with, anyway yeah. so um so he uh was recording with ulov and he introduced me i was like hey you know anybody recording for low rates <laughs> that's mm-hmm. really good and yeah he was like, yeah here's this guy and uh man ulov i'm so happy we met him there was a time where we were playing chess like in the studio it was the last time we were recording and I was beating everyone, and he was like, I'll play you in chess while he was recording. <laughs> and he freaking beat me while he was recording us. There was, a, there was a moment, though, where he really got in, and he was like, okay, I got to stop like paying attention. Like I'm getting too involved in this, and I'm not recording. But he was literally like multitasking. It was amazing. But he is hard. That's awesome. To beat at chess. Yeah. So w- when did like you guys release the, the full EP? Was that recently? Oh, I can't remember the exact. I know it was last year. Okay. Um, it was uh, like sometime towards the end of last. Let me. Know, it was October? like October ish. October. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was October. Yeah. It was like sometime before uh, the Hollow House show that we threw. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I, yeah, I was gonna ask. Was that like before or after your first show when you? I think it was after our first one and before okay. our second. That's yes. cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I think like getting a release in is like such a, such a important part of being in a band, and it it definitely like. Uh, lifts you up like I've been in bands that were like amazing bands and we wrote great songs and we never released anything and like that's some, like my biggest regrets and like I, I have like you know demos or like practice recordings right. and I'll listen to them and like the quality isn't there but I'm like oh man this song is so good if only we could have if only we could have just like gotten the scheduling down and gone right. into a studio and like now that I've I've been in bands that have gone in studios and and recorded stuff on her own and i've realized how easy it is i just like kick myself like you know it's not like easy easy but you know once you do it 
you you know that like right. you know how to do it right you know and i just kicked myself for not doing that so yeah same here i mean we had a, a bunch of songs from our project uh maniacs that are just killer fucking songs and we never mm-hmm. recorded them mm-hmm. uh we're thinking about rehashing a couple of them but honestly the way things have been going with this current band we don't really need to do that if yeah. we did it it would just be for fun yeah for sure yeah yeah that's tight so like um man we've talked about so much stuff um <laughs> right but like uh when it comes to like songwriting so we can like dip into that just a little bit more okay. like can you talk about like the process i know you guys like both write separately so maybe you could both kind of tell your 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 stories of like how how you write songs especially when it comes to like like lyrics and like um you know what it means to you to write songs even even if you're not writing lyrics what that means to you yeah um so the way i usually start with writing songs is i just kind of jam out by myself i just noodle around and just try different chord formations or variations of stuff um my very first song that i wrote is called blue hue i wrote a different song but i don't count that one Uh, (laughs) blue hue uh, which we still play and it was actually our first single release as Mm -hmm. a band um i wrote shortly after purchasing the acoustic that i have with me today and it's the first uh, guitar that I ever purchased on my own. And so I was just trying shit out. And for months and months, like, I just had this little chord progression with nothing to add to it. And I was getting so bored. And then at the time, uh, I was with my ex. And uh, things were not going so well. So I kind of knew in my gut that things were going to end. So I channeled that energy into the song. And finally, after I finished the song... She was kind of like, oh, wait, like that sounds really good. And she's not really into music like that. So for her to say that, I was like, oh, sweet, I got it. (laughs) And so it took, you know, months, like half a year for me to write that. And uh, and so that song is about about that breakup in a sense. Mm -hmm. And then I hand it over to Andy and he made it about something completely different. And Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that because that song has a very special meaning to me now. Yeah, aside from everybody else's meaning yeah you've like attached a time in your life to that song regardless exactly. of what the lyrics are right w- one of the things that i always like notice about uh song writing and and lyrics especially is like people especially non-songwriters will attach themselves to lyrics so much and sometimes even whatever the lyric says they will attach their own meaning to the lyrics right. and that's one of the things i really love about like songs like other people's songs and even my songs is like someone might have a meaning for that song that is completely different for my meaning. Right. And that's okay. Cause it's, uh, it really is like, there's this power of, um, of music of healing. Right. And I, I love that. So this is a great story. Like yeah. on that note, like how did you take, I'm guessing you just came to him with like just guitar. Um, no. So I actually mm-hmm. came to our drummer first mm-hmm. And again, that song was played much, much slower because it's meant to be a sad song, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, let's be sad, acoustic song. And he just couldn't play slow for whatever <laughs> reason. And so it became the song that it became. And then um, I don't know if I gave you any idea on how to write the lyrics or if you just kind of. Um, yeah, so what's the story there? So uh, I'm glad you said all that stuff earlier about like when you're talking about like um, when it comes to like songwriting, how it's like, you know, it's emotions, like soul, it's healing. Um Basically, so when he when he started with the song with Blue Hue, um, he brought it to the band and I told him, like, I work best, like, if you send me, like, a recording, that mm-hmm. way I can work on it, even if it's just a guitar, so I can yeah. get the keys down and I can write lyrics to it. And um, a, a lot of the times, like, uh, people will ask me, like, how do you write lyrics? And uh, they'll ask me, do you ever write it before or write it after? And I do write lyrics, like, besides that, you know, like, besides after, yeah. like, a song just for fun. But I feel like it's it's 
better for me, at least personally, more organically, if I actually hear a song and write the lyrics and vocals to it. Because like how you're saying, like how he had that attachment to it, everyone has like their own, you know, emotional thing that's going on. So that's just what comes out. Yeah. And um, at that time, I felt like, I don't know, I just I, I just felt like I was I went through a lot in the music industry where it felt like there was just a lot of fake friends and people just trying to ride your coattails. And uh, that's kind of like what some of the lyrics are about when I'm talking about, like, you know, I've been watching the way you've been riding the waves, like the waves that people, you know, they're trying to fit in with yeah. those crowd of clowns, you know. And I've always just been an outcast. I've always been an outsider. And that's why I love the fact that, you know, we ended up calling ourselves Irrelevant Souls because that's what mm -hmm. I always felt like growing up. I felt like I was an irrelevant person, irrelevant to the crowd. And I was just kind of the underdog. And I didn't care. I didn't give a shit. I just realized that, like, I wanted to make a place for myself. So when it came to that song, like, that's just kind of how I was feeling. I was feeling fiery. Like, it felt like I spent years away from the music, away from my band. And it felt like I was starting to do this shit again. And, uh, I just want to be real. I wanted to be raw with my lyrics. So that one is not only about like that side of it, but it's also about being yourself. That's the most yeah. important thing. That's yeah. why it's called blue hue. And I, every time before I play that song, I always tell people like the world is full of beautiful colors, you know, find yours and blue hue. That's the name. That's like, mm -hmm. you know, that's his name. That's blue hue because that's the color he decided to be. He decided that, you know, he wanted to ride the waves or whatever, you know, he wanted to let whatever things happening overcome him. And I'm, t I'm trying to tell people, like there's a part where I say, I believe in you. Like I can see it in you. I'm trying to tell people, you don't have to ride those waves. You don't have to be a part of those crowd of clowns. You can be someone, you are someone, you are important. And uh, that's why that song has like a lot of meaning to me. Like I love that, you know. That's awesome. That's like a, I don't know. It's so, so great to hear this like, uh, you know, dynamic of, of someone writing music and it like transferring through the band and then coming out the other side with like, I don't know that that kind of like beautiful message too. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, especially like in music, there's so, so much like meaning and emotion that can be attached to stuff. Sometimes it's just fun. Um, one of the things I wanted to like ask you guys about, because like after seeing you guys live, um, I, you know, and thinking about like this revival of rock that we were talking about at the beginning, like sometimes songs can just be like fun and like sometimes I'll listen to lyrics oh, yeah. and I don't know what they mean. And there's like a song that you guys played and I don't know if I heard the lyrics correctly, but it's about like big something or big other. Big balls. Okay. Oh, all right. I yeah. wanted to make sure. I wanted big to make balls. sure. So big balls. Yeah. Like not to like turn this into like a, a funny podcast or anything. Cause like, I oh, think yeah. we, I think we did go pretty deep here today, but like, <laughs> can right. you talk a little bit about just like having fun with it and like that yeah. song? Uh, you wanna you wanna talk about it? <laughs> yeah. So confession time. That's actually a cover song by ACDC. Oh, oh okay. All right. Yeah. Sure I just right don't. Now. Okay. <laughs> full disclosure. I like never got into or liked ACDC for oh, some reason. That's fine. Like no, people good, who like dude. it like it though. But like okay. So it's you an kind of see yeah. like a lot of our inspiration right. comes yeah. from rock bands. And yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. And so Big Balls, although it is comical, it kind of has that same meaning that Blue Hue has. Yeah. Uh, once you really listen to the lyrics. He's talking about throwing shows. He's like, I've got big balls. He's talking about like a ball, like yeah. Cinderella's ball. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. He always but he's also room. saying like, hey, like we've got big balls. We're not scared <laughs> of shit at the same time. And we're like, that's perfect for that's us. So because funny. we don't really give a fuck. We're just out there. We just want to have fun, you know? And yeah. that's that's kind of what that song's about. That's um that's funny. I didn't right. realize that's a cover. I'll, anyone listening to this is gonna be like, Andrew, you stupid fuck. No, <laughs> no, no. And we were like, the thing is, we were, uh, we're very open people. We were yeah. gonna just, we don't care. Like it's yeah. a cover song, but um, yeah, no, geez. covers are hella fun. I it's so much fun. Yeah, I'm. I was in a uh, like the band that I was mentioning earlier was like like half cover band, half like originals. Okay. And so, 
I don't know. I learned so much when I was younger. I was definitely like, uh, you know, it's a waste of time to play covers. Like I don't want to waste my time when I can like show people my art. But then like, (laughs) like when you're in a cover band and you realize how much people get into covers and how much they just like, they love it. Like how much happiness you can bring to someone because you're playing like a song that they just know the lyrics to and can sing along to. Yeah, I think that's exactly it's the so purpose awesome. of that. Yeah, yeah. because like and people aren't going to know who you are, so if you have a recognizable song, it helps them feel right. more comfortable with you. Yeah. And actually, originally, we decided we weren't going to do any cover songs. Yeah. And much, again, that first show, these bands played cover songs. So Lover's Therapy did Sophia by Clara, oh, yeah. which we love. Yeah, Lover's Therapy. Politics, yeah. Uh, they cover Fall Out Boy. They cover that one song, uh, that's tight. Uh, Green Day. I just died in your arms tonight. That one song. Yeah. I, know, I can't remember the, the band lyrics, say. but they cover that that's song. That's a cutting crew? Is it? Yeah, it's like an 80s band. Yeah, yeah so they covered that song. song. Yeah, Good that's, a, that's that. a deep cut. And like you <laughs> said, <laughs> yeah. right. And like you said, um, the people reacted. They were just having fun. And we're like, hey, you know what? Yeah, let's do some cover songs. Why not? And we just... At this point, we're just doing it as filler mostly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I like we do have fun. If you guys like, I don't know if you guys like Soundgarden and all or anything, yeah, but like, now. I have a request: like, cover a Soundgarden song, please. Yo, oh, I would you know? love to. Black Hole Sun, what's up, dude? Yo, what's good? That's I. I've always wanted to learn that song. That's like above my level. <laughs> I don't oh, know. There's something, <laughs> there's something about that guitar line. It's like in like in a weird timing or something too oh really it'd yeah like it's that tight sometimes, sometimes it's, it, it'll be the simplest yeah. thing it's just the timing that's weird. yeah <laughs> yeah it's all about soul right yeah like yeah those great songs that we listen to black sabbaths for example mm-hmm. just power chords mostly yeah but there's so much soul in there that anybody that tries to replicate it will get the correct notes mm-hmm. down but they won't get the same sound. It's just impossible. And that's part of my reasoning for not really liking cover songs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I've been open to them recently. Yeah. So. Um, also on covers, like uh, I was in this My Chemical Romance cover band this Sick. past Halloween. We Yo. played uh, like we played a whole set. I think we played five or six songs. Nice. And uh, the guitar, like I played rhythm guitar and piano. And uh, it was so hard to learn those songs. Like I thought it like the rhythm guitar would be easy, just like power chords and stuff like that. But they play so fast. It was like it took my guitar playing to a whole new level just learning that. And then also like the drummer and the guitarist and like everyone else in that band, the singer, they were so good. I was like, I got to step up my game. Um, Yeah, for sure. But like, man, we killed it. And like there were times when the sound system cut out when we were playing because we were playing at this like weird place downtown. Right. And like it didn't matter because everyone was singing every single word in time with us. Oh, man, it was that's amazing. So cool. That was dope. That yeah. sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, but cover songs, right? Um Right. <laughs> yeah, so, sorry. I don't want to end on like my stories cuz sometimes no. I, I butt in, <laughs> no, but like did. um before we like switch over and like maybe record like two songs of you guys uh like acoustic um do you want to is there like anything else you want to say on here like maybe about like your release or like um, I don't know when this this will come out, so I don't know if it'll come out before your next show at like full stack. But I don't know, just right. anything you want to say where people can like find you guys, interact with you, what you want people to know about the band. Uh, you can definitely find us. Uh, the most important part is usually uh, Instagram at Irrelevant yeah. Souls Official. You can also find us like on Spotify with the releases at Irrelevant Souls, as well as YouTube at Irrelevant Souls. I believe on Twitter we're just Irrelevant Souls and some spaces we're Irrelevant Souls band, but the most important place is just Instagram. We yeah. post everything there, all our links, all our music videos, all our releases, our shows. 
because uh, going back to like the like the cover of Big Balls, we actually like to throw events. So we've mm. thrown two so far, and uh, we've we're starting to call it Garden House Productions. Um, the Garden House is just some oh, it's cool. just my house. Like we yeah. have a huge fucking backyard. Nice. And I live in the outskirts of Stockton, so it's like kind of like it, they call it Garden Acres. Yeah, I know where Garden Acres is. Yeah, so I kind of just thought I was like, okay, it's the house show. And I was yeah. like, what do we call the show? I was like, oh, the Garden House. And then eventually that just became the name. That's so, um, yeah, so uh, if you ever want to see, like, our shows or anything like that, check our music out, Irrelevant Souls Official, IG. Hell, yeah. It, invite us to any shows. The reason we started throwing shows is because we didn't have anywhere to play. So yeah. now we will play just, all the shows. We just, we'll play any show. <laughs> hit us up. Nice. We'll play at your grandma's house while um, she's baking in the <laughs> kitchen. <laughs> we are working on an album right now. Um, I don't know. We're about one-thirds done or something like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just keep an eye out for that. Definitely listen to all these other bands too that are out right now. No Citrus, Amazon Crimes, Insect Politics, The Band Shoe, 1984. The list goes on and on. Stockton is fucking killing it right yeah, now. Yeah, Stockton, Stockton's going off right now. I'm so super excited. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're going to pause, take a little breather, and I'll set up some microphones. Okay, sweet. Sweet. Yo. This is Irrelevant Souls, and this first song is called Blue Hue.
Uh, is it okay if I introduce this one? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Alright guys, we've got another one for you. This next song is actually an unreleased track. We haven't recorded it or released this one yet. It is called My Only Friend. Nothing but 
Vai valer cansei 